0: all right we are back this is our podcast yet again jay what do you think how you feeling i'm surprisingly excited to be back i know me too i'm really excited too so uh, we are going to jump right into this and uh, let's quickly do a recap of the last episode Sounds that uh, we talked about. So last episode, we set the tone and the stage of how the tournament, the concept of the tournament came together. We, uh, we have our guys now. We have a group of ten, uh, 12 guys. We have our golf course picked out. We have the trophy picked out. The plan is set. And now we're just getting ready to actually pull off the, the very first event. So before we do that, though, uh, do you want to quickly talk about the rules and how you came up with the rules and what the rules were?
1: Sure. So I think, yeah, we, how, the story of how we came up with the rules was largely covered last episode. But let's focus in on what those rules actually were, because I think it's going to set the stage for a lot of what we talk about going forward. So here's a brief overview of the rules. Anyone who's played will tell you there is more to it than this, Uh, but here we go. So the tournament will consist of 36 holes broken down into four rounds of nine holes each. The first round was not a team round per se. This is straight up stroke play golf, every man for himself uh, to determine the captains. So everyone played nine holes. We went out in three different groups because there were only 12 of us and we just look for the lowest score and or the uh, the two lowest scores and those two um, would become our respective captains. So we had to wait until everyone finished the nine holes and that took a little bit of time. So once we had our captains, uh, they needed to make their picks. So we designated certain picks to certain captains. We didn't, didn't just go back and forth one person picks and the other person picks.
0: So why was that? What was the rationale behind that?
1: Well, the rationale was if we did that, we didn't think the teams would actually be even, and we wanted these teams to be as even as possible. So if you think as the first captain being the overall number one seed, and the second captain being the overall second seed, the first overall pick would then be the third seed, and so on, until you have 12 seeds. What we wanted is when you added up the seeds on each team, that they would actually be equal. So our pick system reflected that, that we would have equal seeding on both teams.
0: Okay, all right, that's, That's cool.
1: So once the teams were picked after um, round one, we would then go into the team play portion, which would last for the next three rounds. And actually, which is what the most of the tournament was made up of. The first two rounds of team play, so round two and three overall, would be identical. And they would have the following rules. First of all, it would be partner play. So you would be paired with a partner that your captain would send you out with. And you would be paired up against a, an opposing team of a, a twosome from the other team. For each match, there were three points available. And this is where the heart of the rules really are. One point was stroke play. Just what you would normally think of or if match play in regular golf. You'd win a point if you had the fewest number of strokes as a team on the whole. The second point was bingo, bingo, bongo. And we talked about this in a previous episode where bingo is the first team to get a ball on the green. Bango is once both balls are on the green, uh, the one that's closest to the hole would get Bango. And then Bongo is the first team that actually gets their ball into the hole, not in the fewest number of strokes, but in real time. And so because of it being this way, we had to follow strict etiquette that the person who's furthest away always had to go, even if that meant you were putting.
0: Sometimes you had to
1: putt first before someone chipped because the person putting was further away.
0: But see, this is where the people that, didn't normally golf or don't normally golf really contributed to their teams a lot this was a huge part of everybody feeling and getting into it into yes. the, into the game
1: yeah bingo bango bongo was instrumental and in which is why it still remains to this day albeit in a slightly different form but it's still in our tournament today because it is it plays such an integral role now the the last portion so that was worth a point bingo bingo bongo stroke play was another point up for grabs and then the last one was don't three putt now this is you can't actually earn a point for don't three putt on a hole but you can have a strike against you so if you were a team that three putted uh, you would have a strike against you and the team that had the most three putts at the end would lose that point the other team would get it so you really want to protect against not three putting the whole reason that was actually there was to guard against um, people manipulating the system in bingo, bango, bongo. If we didn't have some sort of system where we limited the putts, we foresaw there being a huge problem that people would play around on the greens for way, way too long.
0: See, this is where we referenced bear proofing the rules uh, with Correct. last last episode. This is where that comes in. Absolutely, because somebody like Bear or yourself would totally take advantage of that, and, and not a, in a bad way. It's just it was it's it's an area where you you can see where you can gain some advantage and you take it. That's right, and so we saw that. What we didn't,
1: but we didn't foresee everything, as we'll talk about <laughs> a little bit later on today. Uh, so those were the three points. So every match that went out, you there had three points up for grabs, and they were scored separately. So you had your match play portion. Your bingo, bingo, bongo, which, by the way, wasn't a hole-by-hole thing. It was t- uh, tallied total after nine holes. So you had to keep track of how many bingo, bingo, bongo points you had and kept comparing it to the opposing team. And the team that had the most bingo, bingo, bongo points at the end of the nine holes would get the bingo, bingo, bongo point, right? Whereas the match play portion was hole-by-hole. You would go one up. You would go, you know, all square, whatever the situation is. So at the end, your team could... Um, come out three points if you won all three. You could get three points for your team overall. You could get two points. You could get one and a half points if you had one of those three games. Yeah. Uh, so there were, there were a variety of ways you could get score points for your team. But that's essentially, now there actually, sorry, there is one other key factor to this. And this was also, we felt played a really big role um, in kind of equalizing the playing field. And that is we use something called the Chapman system uh, of play or sometimes it's called to the Pinehurst system as well, and what that meant is, if you and I were on a team, Mike, you would tee off, and I would tee off. We would then switch balls. I would go to your ball, the one your tee shot. You would go to my tee shot, and our second shots we would play the other person's ball. Once those shots have been taken, we now get together, we confer, and we decide which ball we want to play for the remainder of the hole. So we decide, you know, which but which puts us in a better position. And then from there, you finish the hole with alternate shot. So if we decided to take my tee shot and then your second shot, that means I would play the next shot because you hit the last one, or the other way, uh, we, you would end up playing the next shot if we took right. your tee shot and I played the second shot. And so this way, everyone teed off, everyone hit a second shot, everyone's contributing. And we thought it was actually pretty good. We thought it was a really good system.
0: And, and it was. The only downfall of it was it took a lot of time because people as people started to get into it, now you're having conferences on every shot on the on the hole, right? Like every hole there is and I I mean we, we kinda talked about this before, but I would hate to be anybody outside of our tournament playing behind us because it just took a lot of time. We we really, really oh, yeah. went deep into the everyone got really involved with this
1: right and so on on paper and in theory this seemed to work really well to get everyone involved but in reality it did cause a lot of problems as you're saying now that takes us to rounds two and three we had one round left and this is where we shifted to singles now if you saw me on video right now i'm doing air quotes because really we even tried to make singles a big team Uh, play as well. Even though we designated the matches as singles, there was still a lot of team play involved. And the reason there was a lot of team play involved is we still utilize the Chapman system in year one in singles. So your partner and you would both tee off, you would switch balls. So your partner is now hitting your ball, you're hitting your partner's ball. And then you would decide which one and you would both play now your own ball from that position. So even in your singles match, your partner was heavily involved.
0: And see where where this was really tricky was if you are if you're a good golfer and you're paired up with somebody that is not a good golfer. Now you're like you may tee off and have a good shot, be in a good good position to attack the hole, but then your partner comes up and either puts you into the woods or right. chunks it, <laughs> right. or puts you into the water, right? Like that That was really, really tricky. That's, that's, that's the, That was the really fun part of it. Fun and
1: frustrating, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So one more thing we should say is for rounds two and three, the captains got to decide how those pairings were made for their own team. They didn't know what the other team was gonna do, but they decided who would be paired with who on their team and which order they would go out. For singles, that was not the case. Singles was uh, predetermined based on your seeding, which was based on where you were picked. So the the captain would play the captain, the first pick overall would play the other team's first pick overall, and so on. Also, your playing partner for that last round, and as we just outlined, would come into play with the Chapman system, was also predetermined uh, based on seeding. So the the captain would play with their lowest seeded player, then okay. the captain's first pick would play with the second last pick player, right? So you would get kind of these; it would even it out. Right. Right. So yeah. So that it that's basically an overview. Like I said, there's other little uh, twists to the rules,
0: um, but th- that those are the big ideas. So, as um uh, as the captain now, the the strategy side of all these games and pairings was absolutely crucial, right? So for, for people like yourself and Bear who really, really enjoy the strategy side of, of competition, this is where you guys really excel. And admittedly, I don't really enjoy the strategies. I I like taking part in it, but to go through and, and manipulate, you know, I want to put this pairing versus this guy. And like, I don't necessarily enjoy that side of it. So. Mm -hmm as you know, that's where they're being being a captain and having somebody who on your team early who could have that input really played a big role in your team's overall success
1: absolutely and it could also cause frustration on your team because you have to remember the first strategy comes in after the captains made their pick we've only played nine holes we're in the middle of an 18 hole round because this is not a nine-hole golf course so we've we're picking captains captains are making their picks We're then changing shirts because we played red versus blue, right? right. So one team would be red, one team would be blue, so we could identify each other because that was important. Because remember, this is Tempest in a teapot. We're making a big deal of something small. This is is
0: like the Ryder Cup, yeah.
1: That's right. So we wanted everything color-coded, so we quickly changing, plus the captains are putting their pairings out for the first round, and this is all happening between holes nine and 10. So (laughs) a complete nightmare for any, now we did wave some groups through. It's not like everyone, we just told them, go ahead, go ahead. But when we were ready to start up again all of a sudden now we had three groups on the tee all three foursomes on the tee ready to go on hole 10.
0: Right so part of I think part of we learned early on was to put the better golfers in the first pairings that went out because typically you we knew like who would be up there for running for captaincy so we the idea we, we thought we knew right but the idea behind it was that they would come back, and while the other people were finishing, hypothetically, the two captains could already start the process of, like, picking teams. Right. But there was
1: also no way of knowing for sure, because we were doing all of our scoring on just regular scorecards at this point. That's right. Oh, that's so right. I forgot we about We had that. no updates. We could assume, but we had to wait for every group to come in before we officially made captains. So that that's right. that was something else. Now,
0: Mike, let's talk about who was actually at our very first event in two thousand and ten. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, let's go through the list. Do you want to go through the list, or do you want me to run them? You go for it. Okay, so uh, I was there, obviously. You were there, uh, Matthew. Matthew Bear. Uh, we the three of us. We talked about the three of us already. Uh, rounding out the the twelve were Stephen, Ben, Scott, Duncan. Ian Braun, Derek Lambert, David Taylor, who were, now all these guys, majority of these guys were all your teaching buddies, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, So I knew them all through teaching. Uh, Those last, that group that you just rattled off, for sure. And
0: then we had Frank, last four of Frank Dodato, Matt Lipsky, Scott McDougal, and Timothy Miller. Now, Frank, Matt, and Scott, if I'm not mistaken, you knew them from Blockbuster days, correct? I think at some point those guys all worked at Blockbuster if I'm not mistaken, but
1: I didn't meet them at Blockbuster. I met them through Matt Bear. Who I met through Blockbuster? Okay, so then, I do think they had a Blockbuster connection, but they were all Matt Bear's friends.
0: And Tim Tim Miller was the rookie, right? the, the un, unknown entity going into the Tempest, correct?
1: Yeah, I had no idea who Timothy Miller was before playing with him for the first time in 2010. He was a, a friend of Scott McDougal's, uh, okay. and he rounded it out. I think Scott at the time said, yeah, I think I know a guy who'd be interested, and he brought Tim, and we had no idea what to
0: expect from Tim. So can we, can we talk about... <clears throat> this is where the Tempest craziness between you and I kind of started, I think, right? Because absolutely, leading to this tournament, we talked daily for a long time about what we expected and how we expected all this to play out who was going to be captains and played we were playing scenarios like okay so if this person's captain who do you think is going to be the number one pick and we went through all of that right
1: we did and in fact now that i look back at it it kind of paved the groundwork for what we're doing today Absolutely, right? because we yeah. started these scenarios of "Well, what if this happens? What do you think is going to happen?" And I think both of us, we had a kind of a, an expectation. I think that we agreed upon at the time what we thought was going to play out in the captains' round.
0: Yeah. So for me, I didn't know, I didn't know any of the players that were your teacher friends. So all of those guys, like Steven Ben, uh, Ian Braun, I had no idea where their skill levels were, where they were at golfing-wise. Mm-hmm. And I remember you telling me about Steve Bend and how Steve Bend is a, is a pretty good golfer. And I was thinking, okay, like, okay, so pro- most likely, chances are, it's probably going to be Jay and Steve as the two captains. And then how am I going to align myself? Because I don't want to be on Steve's team, because I don't know Steve. I want to be on Jay's team. So I'm like, okay, so how do I align myself to make sure that Jay – Jay picks me there, like with the next pick whenever he gets a chance. And I kind of wanted to hide in case Steve Ben was first pick. I didn't want to be his first pick. Right. So for me, I'm like thinking to myself, okay, like I've got to, I got to play well, but not too well so (laughs) that I got a chance to, you know, be your pick going into this.
1: Yeah, I think at the time I was probably saying some stuff like, yeah, you know, anyone could win. But in my head, I kind of agreed with you. I'm like, I was kind of looking at the roster of guys. I'm like, I I think I have a pretty good chance. And I think I'm going to be up against Steve Bennett. Now, I didn't know who was going to be first captain or second captain, but I agreed with you. I thought most likely it's going to be me and Steven making our picks. And then so what we did is a lot of our scenarios revolved around whether I would get the first pick being first captain, right. or whether I would get the second and third picks, right? And what what would Steven do in that position? Because right. the flip is also true. He didn't know you. So one of the questions was, you know, would Mike get picked by Steven? Or is Steven going to go with one of these teacher friends that he is more familiar with? Right? right. And so those were the scenarios we were running. I don't think we ran any scenario of what actually transpired.
0: No, not at all. Not at all. Like, I, 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 I had fully resorted to... You being one of the captains and somehow me finagling my way to being one of your early on picks. That's <laughs> that's that's why that was my mindset going in. So I also kind of felt like, okay, like I kind of have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. Like I gotta like approve something. Like, you know, yeah, I, you often I, do. <laughs> I, I felt like, you know what, like I I gotta be one of the better golfers from this crew. Like I don't know most of these people, but. I I gotta believe I'm one of the better golfers in this crew. So
1: and you were, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were as it turned out. Okay, so let's run through the scores. Now this is interesting because as we reflected on this year, we kind of said the same thing. A lot of the details of the matches, we remember some stuff, but we don't remember a lot. But we both remember. The pre-Tempest talk which is so funny yeah we remember discussing the this and and what we thought was going to happen um and then we also remember a little bit of the captain's round so I remember getting up and we weren't we were well prepared but it wasn't like future years where everything was going to be laid out so in the captain's round, I don't even think we had discussed who was going to tee off with who we just kind of went off and I'm pretty I think it was Matt Bear's suggestion that well Jay you've got a hit the first shot because you kind of organized this, yeah. right? So you gotta, yeah. you gotta hit the first one. So I'm like, okay, so everyone's watching. And I remember that moment, everyone's watching and I tee off, I have no idea. I, I'm guessing it was an awful shot, but I actually have no idea. And I, I remember being nervous though, and away we went. And wow, it did not go as planned. I know I played a lot, <laughs> I was frustrated. And I, I know you were in my group. Yeah. We played alongside each other. And I remember you telling me like, oh, don't be frustrated, don't worry. It'll come around, it'll come yeah. around. And it never really did. Um, so let's run through some of the scores, Mike. And just for here, here were the, the 12 guys and their scores for that opening captain's round back in 2010. Okay. So yours truly shot a 46, just a glistening, beautiful 46. Wow. Matt Bear, 67. <laughs> yeah. Michael, not, not
0: his finest moment. <laughs>
1: not his finest moment. Michael Najati, 43. Wow. 43. And Steve Ben, the person that, again, we thought would be the other captain, 48. And by the way, I actually think, I'm not 100% sure on this, I wish I could be, but I'm fairly certain that was the first group that went out. Me, yeah, you, I don't Bear, and Steve Ben. Um, partially because the way I recorded these would have been on the sheet, the way they came in. So I would have written them into the computer the way the scores came in. And when I remember that, I, I kind of remember playing with Matt Bear and and him talking through the scenarios as well because you got to remember he was the other person that really planned this out with us right. so we were all together, uh, and so that group we were sitting around going well, well I, I knew I wasn't going to be captain and so Steve I, Ben I, wasn't going to be
0: captain. I got I got to tell you though, I remember thinking this is possibly the worst case scenario for me selfishly, because if this holds up. That means you're going to be a captain because you shot a 46, oh, right? And I'm going to be a captain, and now you and I are pitted against each other, which I, I didn't want. I didn't want that. That was my like worst case scenario. Like, I that's not what I want to do. Like,
1: I didn't want to do that either, but mostly because I wanted to just be on your team to have fun. It wasn't so much about you know winning or losing or worries about that. It was I I actually wanted to be on your team because I thought it would be fun to do that right so let's keep going with our scores so the second group i'm pretty sure was scott duncan who shot a 52. frank dodato 61. ian braun 51. matt lipsky 59. by the way par at acton is 35 and it probably should be 34. right in reality they have a par five there that is it's not a par five it's a longer par four and but anyways it would be fun to go back and play that course again it no. really wouldn't, Mike. It's a disaster. <laughs> but <laughs> it wouldn't be fun at all. So then we get to our last group. We had Derek Lambert, 52. David Taylor, 60. Scott McDougall shot a 48 in 2010. Tying Stephen Ben, mind you. And Timothy Miller, 41. And wow. there is our first captain, Mr. Yeah. Timothy
0: Miller. Wow. So, yeah, see, that was... See, I went from worst-case scenario... To best case scenario, because now I have a you know my destiny is in my own control now, right? And right. you and I kind of talked about this. I really didn't believe that if Tim had the very first pick overall, I really didn't believe that he would take anybody other than Scott because he he was only knew Scott, and it was the it'd be the very same situation as myself. If I was first pick, I didn't really know any of the other guys all that well, so I was taking you with my first pick. Now when you said we
1: talked about this, let's just make the audience be clear. We talked about this as soon as we found Tim was ca- out oh, that Tim was captain, cuz we Correct. did, and not in our wildest scenarios did we actually think Tim was going to no, be a captain because no, no, we no. didn't know him. So we well, this was not something we had talked about in this, advance. this was this was right after like on the course we were talking. Right. You're pulling me aside going, JJ, hey, I think I think he might pick Scott. And I remember saying to you, no, he's not going to. I don't think so. Like and you're like, no, I think he has a chance. And then he's like, I remember you saying, like, if he does that, I can pick you and Steve and we're we're golden. We're set up well. And I'm like, he's not going to do that. pick, So he does two things. He chooses his team color because first captain gets to choose the color. Timothy elects to go blue.
0: Oh, and and only because he was wearing blue and he didn't, That's didn't right. want to get changed. So psychologically we thought if the other team physically has to go and get changed, that this <laughs> is a right. psychological edge for us. For the for the right. for the winning, you know, for the team that makes the other person other team go right. And change, right? So these were all little mind games came into play.
1: Yeah. So Timothy picks blue, making you red. You're the second captain. Right. And we know Timothy's going to make the first overall pick, and we know that you're going to get picks two and three. And so we're ready for the draft. We're ready to do it. So, Mike, I thought it would be fun just very quickly um, to go through the draft order. You can announce who you drafted, and I will announce who Tim drafted as we go through this just to kind of reenact what happened. You good with that? Yeah, let's do this. Okay, so me as Tim making the first overall pick, and this is where, again, you had a little hunch I was not certain at all. I was actually waiting, kind of, that he might call my name, and I, and he kind of talked it over with guys, right? I could t- see Tim, and then Tim announces his pick, the first overall pick for the two thousand and ten Tempest Teapot Draft, Scott McDougal.
0: And at this moment, I smiled inside. It was it was it was a heartwarming feeling for me because I, and, and this is not to sound cocky or arrogant about this, at this point. I knew we were going to win this tournament because with my second at my, my first two picks, I ended up taking yourself and Steven Ben, which all along we had talked about being the two best golfers amongst the group.
1: That's what we had thought. So in our head, we had the top two guys in our group who are then going to be matched up against people in singles too, that are not even the top, like that the matchups just seemed so lopsided so quickly when you made those picks that it was like, I agreed with you. I was like, I was still in shock. Cause I really didn't think he was going to pick Scott, but once he did, I was like, Oh wow. And you made your picks like that. Yeah. You were like, James. No, Spick- I already knew.
0: I already knew that this was, <laughs> I knew who I was going to take. And the moment he said, Scott, I'm like, yes, so it was it was it was an exciting moment. So now uh, Tim makes his
1: makes the next pick, and he selects Scott Duncan. Wow! So- see, that's shocking.
0: That is absolutely shocking because I can't believe Scott Duncan went that high.
1: Well, see, I think it was more shocking as we got as the years went by. Sure, but early on, we you got to look at the score. Scott shot a fifty-two. Which, by the way, was only the only person who was left that uh, shot a better score was Ian Braun, who shot 51. It was just a one stroke difference. And the other thing is, Scott golfed. He was actually a guy who golfed. Ian didn't. And so, if Tim's talking to guys and, uh, you know,
0: as, as they go through, he's,
1: he might go well. And, you know, and, and I think the other thing
0: that, that kind of played into Scott Duncan's advantage, when you look at the guy physically, He's a big guy. Like you look at him and you think there is no reason to believe that this guy can't crush the ball. Like he is a big, big dude. He just physically is a, is really, really big. So I think that also kind of played into Tim's, you know, psyche of picking him as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Because Ian at that point wasn't, Ian. I mean, Ian's a big guy, but he was like, he's not a, He wasn't a muscle-bound guy by any means, right? No, no.
1: No. And Ian, uh, years later, would get in much, much better shape. So these are early years. Ian is in his not-so-great form physically. Right. Right? Right. The the smoking,
0: smoking, drinking Ian. (laughs)
1: Let's eat whatever I want, Ian. Yeah. Uh, So Scott Duncan gets picked by Tim, and then you have the next pick. So with
0: my next pick, I take Ian Braun.
1: Makes sense. He shot a 51. Tim gets the next two picks. He takes Derek Lambert, who shot a 52, and then he goes off script a little and again surprises me at this time. He takes Matt Bear, who had the worst captain's round with a 67.
0: See, this this kind of hurt me because I really wanted to have Bear on our team. And I didn't care about his captain's round. I wanted I knew from a strategy perspective, mm. the two of you on my team would give me a way bigger edge. So I really wanted Bear to be on my team. And that one hurt. I was I was surprised. I was like, oh. I,
1: I think this was a Scotty influence. I think McDougal yeah, yeah, got in sure. Tim's ear for this one and said, hey, because he was probably seeing the same thing. Of the guys who were left, we had um, Matt Lipsky, Frank DiDotto, and David Taylor. And even though you could make the argument that all three of those guys hit the ball better than Bear, I had no faith that they would be better strategizers.
0: Right. Right. So then uh, I guess I had the next two picks after Bear left. You did. And I ended up going with Matt Lipsky and Frank Dodato.
1: And then Tim doesn't really make the last pick. He's kind of awarded the last pick in David Taylor. And that is how the teams got rounded out. So we had two teams, you, me, Steve, Ben on one, along with Ian Braun, uh, Matt Lipsky, and Frank Dodato, taking on the blue team of Tim Scott McDougal, Scott Duncan, Derek Lambert, Matt Bear, and David Taylor. Uh,
0: and I mean, aside from ha- not having Matt Bear on our team, I really, really liked our chances of winning this tournament. Absolutely.
1: So, Mike, we're going to get into the results now of the tournament. But before we do, we have a new segment. Are you ready for it?
0: Oh, I'm so excited! Now it's time
1: for trivia. Now it's time for trivia. Oh,
0: That's right, it, Mike. Oh, trivia. It's trivia time. It's trivia time. Okay.
1: So we thought it would be fun that I am going, week by week, I'm going to pull out some trivia from Mike. Now, I want everyone to know who's listening. Uh, Mike doesn't know what I'm going to ask him. He doesn't know the answer. We want to keep this real. And we're going to keep score on how Mike, the Hall of Famer Najati, does on his Tempest trivia. Now, I'm not going to make them impossible questions. I'm going to kind of lob him some nice pitches here and there and give him a fighting chance. Um, But as we get closer to real time, maybe the questions will get a little bit uh, more challenging, but when we're going back, you know, 11 years to 2010, um, I'm, I'm not going to make them too terribly difficult.
0: Yeah, so, so I'm a little nervous. I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous about this because, you know, as we were prepping for this show, I, I was trying hard really to think back about to 2010 thinking, okay, like, what do I remember? How did everything go? How did everyone... And I. For the life of me, I remember before The Tempest. I remember after The Tempest. Not a whole lot of memories in between there. So I'm a little bit nervous about this. Okay. So let me go through. You've
1: now made your team. We're Team Red. We've changed. And you are making the teams really quick. And so these are the pairings that you sent out in round number one. Okay? Okay. So you paired up Steve Ben with Ian Braun which would be the number five seed and the number seven seed overall in terms of picks. Okay. You also put Matt Lipsky and Frank Dodato, our top, our, bot, so our bottom two guys, together, right? And just throwing them out, seeing how they're doing, which left you and me paired up together as we went out. So you and I, Ian Braun, Stephen Ben, and then Frank Dodato and Matt Lipsky. Now, here's my question to you. The, the team that we played against consisted mm-hmm. of two people. One of them was Dave Taylor, who was Ooh. Dave Taylor's Ugh. partner that we faced off against in round one of the very first Tempest? Oh, I should say round two, not the the very round one partner play. Man,
0: oh man, Duncan, Scott Duncan,
1: is that your final answer? I think so. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's Scott Duncan,
1: Timothy Miller. Oh, Timothy wow, really? Miller. Yeah. So See, I would have swore
0: I would have swore that him and Scotty were paired up. No, so let me go
1: through what Tim Field. Remember when the captains make their pairings and the order they send them out, they don't get to see what the other captain's doing. So they're doing this blind. So it's all kind of strategy, trying to figure out what's yeah. the other captain gonna do. So you and I went out first, put ourselves up first, went out and he paired himself with Dave Taylor. So he took, he was the number one seat on his team. He paired himself with his bottom guy to even things out. He then sent Matt Bear and Scott McDougal out together and Derek Lambert and Scott Duncan. Now, in hindsight, this does make some sense because Derek knew Scott, so yeah. they they knew each other. Matt and, and McDougal knew each other. And then I think Timothy was resting on his own ability to go, okay, I'm gonna go come alongside my lowest guy, Dave Taylor, and we'll see what we can do. So those were the matches. It was me and you taking on Tim Miller and David Taylor. Ian Braun and Steve Ben were taking on Matt Bear and Scott McDougal. And Frank Dodato and Matt Lipsky were taking on Derek Lambert and Scott Duncan. Wow. So we headed out after all this, you know, and we watch, we we tee off and we get started. And so let's go through the results of those matches really quick. So you and I taking on Tim Miller and David Taylor, we were able to secure two of the three points. So we got two points. Now, I don't know for sure. I think it was the bingo, Bango bongo that we lost, but I'm not 100%. Actually, I am pretty sure actually of that one that we lost bingo, bingo, bongo, but we won the match play and we won the don't three putt, but so they didn't secure. Can I
0: say that it's kind of devastating that we didn't win all three? <laughs> is that, <laughs> Why is that, it devastating? Is that, oh, is that bad? Is that bad that I I feel, I feel like looking at this now, I'm like, how did we not win all three?
1: <laughs> you you feel some shame? Is I do. Is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> I do. I feel a little bit of shame.
1: You have to remember though, we're different golfers now than what That's we true. were. That's true. Like... I look back on it and I was like pretty confident that I'd be one of the captains, but see, there was no shoe in there. I was no, not.
0: Uh, Tim, Tim Miller was a, was a tricky golfer, right? Cause when you look at him stature wise, he was maybe my height, maybe even a little bit shorter than me, skinny guy, not a big guy, not a big hitter at all, but very consistent, mm-hmm. always in the middle, hitting it down the middle. And it was annoying. Well, I
1: remember Scott McDougal would say he knows his game. Right. He knows his game, and he plays to it.
0: Right, and and especially early on in in my playing career, I'd be like, like a Neanderthal, just going out there, just wanting to just crucify the ball and crush it, and then end up spraying it everywhere. You mean up until
1: last year? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much up until last
0: year. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I I look at Tim like he he'd hit a ball and he'd be down the middle, about 150, 160 yards, nothing significant, but right down the middle. And I'd be like, I'm can, i can, going to crush this guy. And then yeah. I'd get up and hit the ball and swing and slice the ball way out into the woods and be like, oh, so annoying. <laughs> but, anyway, but, yeah, so he's, you keep it in play, you're going to be a contender, right? Especially at Acton.
1: Right. Yeah, because it's not long. No. It's a short hole, so you just got to keep it in play. So... Yeah, so we essentially won that match two points to one point, but Blue got a point on the board and we had two on the board. Then Ian Braun and Steven Ben were playing Matt Bear and Scott McDougal in match number two. Ian Braun and Steve Ben secured one of the two points, wow. whereas Scott McDougal and Matt Bear picked up two, which surprised me looking back. I that still is... am a little shocked by that. Wow, that is
0: I'm surprised too. I'm really but, surprised.
1: You know, Bear would often talk about how they just didn't have strategy. He's like, yeah, they could have beat us, but they just didn't right. understand and, and, the strategy in the game.
0: And looking at, I mean, you've got Scotty and and Bear, both of them really enjoy the strategy side of it. I can I can see that totally. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and Steve Ben, great guy, really really nice guy, but I think he was he was more out there to have fun than oh yeah right like that he, he was, was there of, for the socializing and absolutely. the golf yeah whereas. Matt and Scott would be like, we're going for the jugular. We're going to strategize. That was right. their, their angle.
1: And then in the last match, it was Frank Dodato and Matt Lipsky taking on Derek Lambert and Scott Duncan. And Frank Dodato and Matt Lipsky picked up two of the three points, leaving wow. Scott Duncan and Derek Lambert with one. So after the first round of team play, the red team had five and the blue team had four. So it was a
0: one-point lead for red heading into lunch. And, and see, this is what happens every year. Every year, I look at, you know, we talk about it all ad ad nauseum, but we look at teams, and I look at teams, and I'm like, on paper, we, you know, one team should be dominating on the other one. It really shouldn't (laughs) be that close. But the beauty of all the rules and stuff that and the games that you've put in place into this, this is what makes it close. Every time. There is never, I don't recall a Tempest where it's been, a complete blowout like the 10th well from round to we'll round get there. from round to round you'll have you know advantages but at the end of the day it always comes down to be it gets pretty darn close
1: yeah well by the end of it i guess but it for our tempest 10th and we'll get there in a few episodes we got our arses handed to us for the most part <laughs> we made it respectable we, we made it end, respectable but Anyways, so we sit down for lunch. This, I actually remember all of us piling into the Acton clubhouse, ordering like wraps and burgers, sitting with our teams, talking strategy. And while we're waiting for our food, we're talking about what happened. And and I'm loving it because this is this is great. Right. Right. We're telling stories about what happened. And then we start the discussions about, well, what are we going to do for round three? because you can change up your teams at this point right so are you going to make an adjustment so we're all sitting together kind of strategizing going what are we going to do and if you look at it very interestingly um we as team red and more specifically you because you got to make the final call decided to send out the exact same roster in the exact same order right so, so you said hey i think the logic was we had we,
0: we came out ahead yeah, and, and I, I remember talking to everybody, the pairings, saying, how did you feel? You know, did you, did you like the pairing? And to a man, everybody said, yeah, this is great. Like, we, we won, and let's just, why change it? Let's just keep mm-hmm. it that way. So we're like, yeah, why, 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 if it's not broken, why fix it? Right. And so Team Blue, Mike, had a very
1: similar thought. They decided to keep their teams and pairings together. The only thing they did differently is they changed up the order. So instead of sending uh, Timothy Miller and David Taylor out first, they sent Derek Lambert and Scott Duncan out first, who ended up playing us in the uh, round two. And so Ian Braun and Stephen Ben ended up playing Tim Miller, David Taylor. And then Frank Dodato and Matt Lipsky ended up playing Matt Bear and Scott McDougal. And I seem to remember Matt and Team Blue being quite happy about this. Saying like, yep, that's exactly what we wanted. Right? Saying, they're they're all excited saying.
0: That that sounds right about with Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Scott and Bear. Right? They're very like, exactly what we wanted. This is, you played right into our hands. So we go out. And now we're starting back on hole number one of the Acton Golf and Country Club, starting round number three. And remember, red is leading by one. So let's go through this. And let, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this, but we'll just before the team play ends, we'll talk about what went down on hole number eight. So you and I played Derek Lambert and Scott Duncan, and we ended up taking two and a half of the three points. So they got half a point. Um, Ian Braun and Steve Ben only picked up a point again. And this time Tim Miller and Dave Taylor picked up two points for the blue team. And then it came okay. down to Frank Dodato and Matt Lipsky against Matt Bear and Scott McDougal. And Matt Bear and Scott McDougal won two points, and Frank Dodato and Matt Lipsky only won one. So for round two, the totals were red picked up four and a half points, blue picked up four and a half points. So we actually ended up as a team having it with blue for round number two. And the total after round two was red nine and a half blue eight and a half. But before we jump into singles, Mike, we should probably discuss the shenanigans that went down at hole eight.
0: Yes. So part of this, you know, the strategizing on, you know, in this tournament on hole eight, you and I decided that, we need to put ourselves in a best possible position to putt to get the bingo bango bongo points.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we ended up putting, literally putting around the around the green along the fringe. I don't know, I don't remember how many times we did that, but we probably at least hit I don't know, probably four or five shots each. Easily to to get us to a position where we had the best angle <laughs> to try and get the bingo, bango bongo points. Right. So what we didn't, so we had already wrapped up at this
1: point, the um, match play. It was already right. over. We had already beat them. So the only thing that mattered was bingo, bango bongo, and don't three putt. So we were, we thought, okay, we were on the front of the green and the pin was tack, uh, tucked kind of in the top left. And so I remember, yeah, we, we, I think you suggested hey let's putt around yeah. the fringe and so we did and we literally when we got close we tapped it like just inch by inch, inch. to make sure yeah. we didn't get on the green because the rule was now remember when we say don't three putt some people might be listening going well you're putting well no the rule was any shot that comes after the ball being on the green counts as a putt even if you pull out an iron and chip or whatever if you're on the green those shots going forward count as a putt you can put on the fairway as you have done in the past. That's a story for another time. And I I still do. Right. But any shots that uh, when the ball's not on the green do not count as a putt. So we literally putted around the fringe, like you said, to get super close. And it was a great strategy, but it was also infuriating for those people behind us.
0: Yeah. And at this point, you got to remember, we were one of the first groups off again. (laughs) So our our own guys were getting frustrated and agitated thinking, what are they doing? What are you, what is going on? Guys, come on. Like, I remember people yelling at us. Our own group was yelling at us. Well, that's what I was going
1: to say. I I don't, Scott Duncan was irritated. Yeah. He did not have patience.
0: And and, and he, he didn't, he, you know, Scott never really got the strategy side of it. And I mean, love Scott, but man, oh man. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's another story. He, he enjoyed
1: the golf part. So he, yeah, he. it wasn't his favorite part so but yeah so that really took up a lot of time and as we will talk about next week that led to some future rule changes very quickly we realized okay we had a guard against people taking too many putts when they're on the green in the don't three putt rule but we clearly needed a guard from people abusing this as we were doing yeah yeah so yeah, so we headed into singles only up by one point, which I think surprised us at the time. I don't think we thought, I think you were still confident. You're like, we've got this, we've got this. But I was like, okay, it's, we're only, we're only leading by one point. Yeah, and it's way too happen. close. It yeah. is way too yeah, close.
0: Was, yeah. And, and looking back at it now, like I, I, I don't remember, honestly, I don't remember it being this close, but I'm looking back on it now. Like this is how, how is that even possible with yeah. the guys that we had? I know. It's, it's insane.
1: So we get to singles. There's more points available now. And we tee off. You are facing off against Timothy Miller, but you have Frank Dodato as your playing partner. Um, I'm facing off against Scott McDougall with uh, Matt Lipsky as my playing partner. And then Stephen Ben is facing off against Scott Duncan with Ian Braun as his playing partner. And again, remember the Chapman system still in play at this point. And, but all three games are still in play as well. So each singles match has those three points up for grabs. So there's a lot of points. So one point is not a big lead at this point. There's a lot of points still out there.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I still, I, like you said, I really did feel confident going into the singles that we were going to pull this off because, you know, on paper to me, it was a no brainer that we had the better team. So I thought, okay, like if we can get to the singles ahead we're gonna run away with it. I really did. And then you know, I figured, you know, I would I really figured in my head I really thought I would beat Tim. I mm-hmm. really did. Mm-hmm. And just because he wasn't like, I figured he's not a long hitter and I think I can I think I can get him. But I and then I knew that you and Ben, I'm like, that's a given. You guys are gonna get all your points. You so would, if I well, can if
1: but because of the Chapman system and you still had someone else hitting some of your shots, I was still a little concerned right. if it was if the ball was solely on my racket, I might think
0: otherwise, but because so, I still had someone hitting some of my shots, I was like eh. yeah but and and you know what the the other thing too was that you and Scotty had a bit of a rivalry coming like coming back from like this is part of the going back to the mini golf days, that's right? right? That's right. And and at this point, Scotty was just being totally obnoxious, chirping, 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 getting in your head. And I know what you're like. When somebody's doing that, it really motivates you to just, like, go harder than you normally would. So I'm thinking, this is great. Scotty's egging him on and Jay's going to be fired up going into the singles. Well, we did.
1: Like you said, we had a bit of a rivalry at the mini golf and often we would be captains at our mini golf tournament. Not always, but often. And Scott talks about how great of a short game he has in golf. I do not claim to have a great short game. Anyone who knows me well in golf, I actually, I hate putting. Like I think I'm going to miss. I always think about how many different ways I can miss a putt uh, rather than seeing it go in. But in mini golf, it's actually the opposite. I'm like very, very confident in mini golf. And I don't know what the difference is. But Scotty and I had this rivalry. And this one year, it was so great. Um, It's one of probably the memory that sticks out to me most in all of our mini golf is we were captains of opposing teams. And we're playing each other in singles. Now, In the mini-golf tournament, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but in the mini-golf tournament, we would have two rounds of singles, okay? It was always the way we designed it just to make the day even longer (laughs) than it needed to be. Uh, And we're coming down the stretch, and for the first time ever in the mini-golf tournament, it appears that we may not need a final round of singles. My team is so far ahead that for the first time ever we may wrap this thing up without needing the final round, which, of course, Scotty does not want to have happen, not under his captaincy, right? No, like, he no. does not want to be the first captain to never play the last singles round. How embarrassing would that be? So we get to... Because that's
0: not that's not something that you will ever let
1: him forget. No, no. <laughs> and I'm not going to let him forget right now. So we get to hole 17, and we're all square. And every other match is finished, so everyone's watching us at this point. It's coming down to our match. If Scotty can win or have the match, I think we're going to uh, play. We're going to have to play the last round. And if I can win, it's oh, it's over. So we're coming down and it, the, the hole we're playing on 17 at this golf course is a straightaway hole, but it's the swinging log hole, right? So it's a straight hole, but you've got the swinging log at the end. So Scott right. steps up first. He has honors and he lines up his putt and he sinks it. And lo and behold, it goes right in. And so Scott aces this hole and he starts whooping and hollering. And I remember him running around, waving his finger, going, yelling, not on my watch, not on my watch.
0: And and, and I I love Scotty. I love Scotty a lot. He's a good friend and he can get excited and he can get loud. And when he's winning, he definitely lets you know that he's winning. Like he loves (laughs) to do that, right? So I remember that. I remember I think that might have been one of the last mini mini golf tournaments that I I attended. So I remember I remember people looking looking around watching us yelling and screaming. It was pretty funny.
1: So he's he's all set up and he's hooping and hollering and, and his team's celebrating. And I still have to putt. So I'm like, hey guys, can someone swing the log? Because they've totally forgot about me at this point. So right, someone swings the log, I hit the putt. And wouldn't you know, it drops an ace right on top of his ball. He hasn't even taken his ball out of the hole yet. (laughs) And I erupt. I run to the hole. I'm whooping and hollering. I grab his ball out of the hole and I chuck it. Just (laughs) heave that thing across the golf course. Probably everyone there is, like, with their families and stuff, are looking at us going, who are these clowns? But I am whooping. And Scott slowly comes over to me and he whispers, he's like, you know jay
0: we have another hole to play <laughs> and i'm like oh See, sorry the, this 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 lead this this feeds my you know my theory about scott egging you on That's right. because as as everybody was as you know was celebrating Scotty's ace on that hole I know, I know you. I know you're like you're seething inside. Like I can't let this happen. I am not gonna. Ha- you like you will it into into existence. So I this this was my, this was feeding the you know my theory of Scotty's chirping, and Jay's getting fired up. So this is a good thing for us. Oh
1: yeah, it is. And just so you know, just to finish off that story, we did retrieve Scott's ball we did play 18 and he lost 18 and we wrapped that up and we never knew he did go down as the first captain to to lose (laughs) without needing the last round which was fantastic so anyway so here we are taking back to 2010 we're at the tempest we have our singles matches so let's go through these and the results to wrap up the 2010 tempest mike so you and tim uh you got two of the three points so you won the match i think if you won more points i think we can safely say you won the match um I played off against Scott McDougal. I got two and a half of the three points. Scott managed to get half a point with a tie in the don't three putt. Right. Steve Ben um, halved his match with Scott Duncan. They eat, they split, which I wow. found surprising, but they did split it. That is
0: stunning. Ian Braun hey. played
1: Derek Lambert and picked up two and a half of the three well, points. Good for you, Ian. Good for, good for Ian. And Matt Lipsky played Matt Bear. Matt Lipsky came out ahead two to one. Yep, and Frank Dodato played David Taylor, and David Taylor defeated Frank two to one. So in the singles play, we picked up eleven and a half more points. Team Blue only picked up six and a half, so we moved ahead there. And the final score of the very first Tempest was Team Red, captained by Michael Najati, twenty-one, and Team Blue, captained by
0: Timothy Miller, fifteen. Wow. Yeah. See, I I don't I don't remember. I kind of black out there's moments that I I remember about that first event. And there's a lot of it that just kind of Mm -hmm. blacked out. And I think it's part of the, you know, I kind of go into a zone when I go into the Tempest, Jay. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, but so we finish off the first tournament. We, and we we're celebrating team red is, you know, celebrating and high-fiving and stuff. And it's time for the dreaded singing of <laughs> That's the right. teapot. That's right. How how satisfying was it to watch Team Blue having to sing that? And first,
1: it, it I was giddy. It was yeah. it was like Christmas morning. It was great. I just wish we had it recorded because again, we're you know this is the days of the flip phone. You don't have good video recording equipment normally, right? close by like we do today like everyone now can pull up their phone and record it back then that wasn't the case so we don't have it which is sad but we have it in memory in our hearts yes that's right It it was so uh,
0: the other thing i want to kind of add as we close off is Mm -hmm. this was the first time that i'd actually golfed 36 holes in one day really yeah yeah I, i had done 18 obviously but i'd never done 36 so that drive home for me from Acton to London was absolutely exhausting. I remember like rolling out of the car when I got into <laughs> London. and every part of my body hurt, my feet hurt, my back, my my hip. And it was, but it was such a good feeling. Like it was such a good feeling, so exhausting. And I think I got home sometime around 11 or so. And it was a long day. And then the next morning feeling like, oh man, I feel like I got hit by a truck or something. Like I am oh, so yeah. sore. I remember being sore too. And we and carted we it. About, yeah. We, were yeah and we carted it. Exactly. exactly. It's not like we walked it. But I remember we talked on the phone the next morning. It's like, how are you feeling? You're Like, oh, I'm so sore. I'm like, oh, me too. How great was that? <laughs> It was. And then it, it was like, right, right. The next day you, you were, you could like, your mind was already going about the things that to change and, to, you know, adjust to make it better for the next time around.
1: Right. We went into editing, editing mode right away, which is what yeah, we often uh, do with the Tempest. Even to this day, we reflect on it and we go, what do we need to change anything? And for so many years we made significant changes every year. And we're going to kind of go over those as we go through these episodes. Right. Now for me, Mike, we talked about this previously, in a previous episode, how with the mini golf tournament, we had always wished that we kept stats. Yeah. And going into this, I knew that we wanted to. So we had scorecards um, and, and kind of everyone kind of had been handing me their scorecards as we went. And we had some sheets that we were tracking the overall scores with. So I had this and I needed to document it. So I ended up putting it in a spreadsheet, but that was it. That was kind of, I just left it yeah. at that just to make sure we had it. And I didn't know where it was going. Um, at the time, we didn't know that it was going to soon lead to the creation of our own statistical measure, uh, the TTPI, or as we knew it, the Tempest Teapot Performance Index. This is brilliant, and th- absolutely brilliant. It-, it was, and I think that's where we're going to pick up things next episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is that's been great. It's been uh, it's so fun reflecting back on this tournament. Like it really has, you know, it has been a big part of. The last eleven years of my life, for sure, absolutely. It's one of the it's one of the things that we I, I look forward to every every year. So, and oh, before we, we before we go off, the last thing is we got to talk about the outfits. How excited were we about our outfit planning before oh, this tournament?
1: I think we were excited. I think it. it- Gained momentum very quickly in the, in yeah. the next couple of years. And, and,
0: and, and we'll get, we'll get into the outfit discussion later, but I just wanted to throw that out that not to forget about the fact that we, we were, we were excited about the outfits right off the get go.
1: Yes. What are you going to wear? How, how, Cause we, we often talked about looking the part was so important.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> That's
0: right. Well, thanks Mike. This has been fun. Jay, this is awesome. I can't, I still can't believe we're doing a podcast and uh, yeah, I'm excited. This is great. On behalf of Jay Friesen, I am Mike Najati, and you have been listening to Tales from a Teapot. Tales
1: from a Teapot is produced by Michael Najati and Jay Friesen. Our theme music, Funk in the Trunk, is provided by Silverman Sound Studios at silvermansound.com.